0: Chance
1: for Conor McGrath.
2: Bernie, surely give it
0: in, Conor. Oh, what a goal! Mackie heading it towards the 21-meter line. Mackie chance. still going, your boy. What a goal! goal. <laughs> I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne.
3: If you look back in sporting
2: history we will see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remember briefly, What will stick in your mind at the champions who show card I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A small
1: change before the game worth the street. <laughs> but it like it's it's, done him. it's Connor a wild ben. effort on goals. It's, oh, oh, it's oh, oh, the run! It's See the coppers! Yeah! It's a real average intro, isn't it?
0: I say it every week. should have put a little bit of
1: a bit of effort into it.
0: I love it. You're just annoyed there's no mayo in there. Well, next
1: year. There's always positive. next year. See, you've
0: already written that's going to come year. up.
1: That's going to come up. Well, no, it'll be a next year's podcast okay. intro. <laughs> this year we will we shall have great success. Starting with this Sunday. Welcome along to the GEA podcast. I'm Nathan Murphy. Dave McIntyre is across me. Adrian Hello. Barry is not here yet, which means we pretty much have about four or five minutes to destroy his character even more than we usually do. The cat's away, not here to defend himself. Yeah, uh, it it does mean that we're not going to have any outlandish accusations made upon your character, first and foremost. There will be a reduction in the name-calling. You've been busy. Yes, it's been an interesting week, actually. yeah, um, Mr. Tabloid Superstar, (laughs) declare champion being a tabloid. (laughs) Of course yeah. last Saturday if, if somehow you missed it If somehow you weren't Tuned to off the ball What were you doing? We had the game of the summer Clare against I, Wexford Like as,
0: as great as this Saturday And Sunday could be We have the Ulster final Next weekend We'll have a Really important qualifier We're going to have quarter finals To beat the band In both codes Will anything live up to What happened in Ennis last Saturday? Hopefully Well that is the hope
1: uh, and so, even maybe
0: tomorrow, Wexford Park will live up to it, because I think it's going to be another really close game. But yeah, everything happened. Everything. On and off the
1: field. So, yeah, it was very dramatic stuff. We had the two late penalties, extra time, Wexford come back, score the last point, send it all to a replay, which we're going to have live on Off the Ball tomorrow. And then, afterwards, Dave McIntyre's going about his business, interviews David Fitzgerald. It's He was a little bit tetchy. Nothing, nothing too serious. He was having a bit of a dig at... Yeah, but he certainly
0: hadn't lost his cool in any way. No. He was quite measured. He accepted the rule as interpreted by the referee when it came to the red card, of Podge Collins. He just didn't really think... The, it was a good rule, but... Um, All hell seemed to break loose after I
1: left the scene. Yeah, well, Dave McIntyre was just going up the stairs to get back to the press box and it happened at the tunnel below. I just heard all this roaring and effing and blinding and there was a bit of a scramble with rubberneckers and I suppose I was one of those. (laughs) This is a quote from Dave McIntyre in The (laughs) Clare Champion. Uh, I just looked down and Davey was being dragged into the dressing room and Peter, this is uh, Peter O'Connell, the uh, Clare Champion journalist who did the row it, Peter, sort of been dragged in the opposite direction and that was about it really. I didn't see the start of it. I probably got there two seconds too late In terms of seeing what happened I just got there as the I just got I got there just as the dressing room Was being bolted And Davy dragged inside So we may not hear from Davy Fitzgerald On uh, tomorrow's show I think it's fair to say You couldn't have just said no comment?
0: Well I'll, I'll, There wasn't There's nothing there that is A, a slight of the character of Davy No I mean it, They spoke to another journalist there.
1: It's usually the podcast where you sit in the fence, but now the Clare Champion have to put up with it as well.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I said, I did get there just as things were being broken up, so I actually didn't see anything. Um, But Davey wasn't a happy camper, and the Clare Champion journalist wasn't, wasn't happy either. We've heard his side of things. We've also heard Davey's. And let's just hope that'll be the end of it.
1: We'll miss Davey when he's gone. Adrian Barry, though, I, was, I can't believe you slated Adrian Barry in such a way, because I think he's a great guy. Hey, I, think he's a really, I think he's a really good guy. But, Dave, that was kind of out of line. I may have to edit it out. It's slightly libelous against
3: Adrian's character.
0: We may have to issue a formal apology uh, we'll next week. will
3: never be able to hear that back on the
1: podcast. Uh, good to see you, Adrian. Thanks for turning up good 11 minutes late.
3: Thanks, lads. Well, uh, you know, I didn't realise you were going to be so prompt for once in your life. lives. We've,
1: uh, I've just been regaling the audience with... Uh, Dave McIntyre's quotes from the Clare Champion
3: <laughs> very un, uh, am I on the right microphone there oh, there we go that's a bit better isn't
1: it that's a bit better yeah um,
3: very unlike Dave McIntyre was my uh, main thought
1: yeah yeah he's usually uh, there's, there's always a little bit of uh, tack there
3: well he's normally kind of got these goes to the Terry Prone school of communicating <laughs> with people <laughs> yeah <laughs> which maybe is not, I should which is not in evidence maybe in the I Champion should invest week. in six months it does say news talks Dave training. McIntyre
0: yeah does so? It we we to were thinking slurring. maybe you would be a
1: good Sky Sports. Uh, no, Sky Sports. Mm. Dave McIntyre. It's kind of
3: well, like well, that there uh, in the news talk capacity. It's like that uh, Andy Murray thing, you know, when he does bad, he's skies, and when he does good, he's news talks. Really, that's kind of the essence of all
1: that. <laughs> uh, good point. Wow, that's the sort of insight we were really missing. <laughs>
3: I, uh, so I the listened five minutes. To, was good. I
1: listened part. back to uh, last week's podcast to uh, put together our scores.
3: Uh, well, obviously, I've done shit if you've waited until now to deliver no. them
1: no uh, I wrote them all down and went looking for the piece of paper and could I hell find it? well safe to
3: say none of us <laughs> back the draw in Cusick Park that's the kind of organisation we bring to the table around here uh, professionalism yeah. Uh, yeah
1: so we're back there tomorrow I'm thinking you know we're going to miss Davey when he's gone when he eventually leaves this Clare job a lot of people don't like him a lot of proper hurling people I find aren't a fan I as not a, a real hurling man I guess and as a journalist and as a journalist, as a journalist love him I particularly don't understand I understand why journalists have to comment on him and can criticise parts of his behaviour but a lot of people just seem that this vendetta this guy gives us yeah. so much to talk about Yeah, look, there's the so many people in the GA who say nothing
0: mm. the GA will be a far quieter place and the less so for that the day that Davies no longer an in inter-county
3: hurling manager I remember when Jose Mourinho left the Premier League I was really happy that he left I just had had enough of listening to him. And then when, he came, then when he was gone for a while, I thought, oh, that's us. He's having such a nice time out there in Spain. I'd love to kind of, you know, have that sort of level of interaction with him, albeit in a different country, uh, on a more regular basis. And then he kind of he came back into our lives. And then pretty quickly after that, I was like, you know what, Jose? You can just head on back to uh, Spain, wherever you came from. Um, and I perhaps feel the analogy I'm trying to get at here is that there might be something similar with Davey that we kind of, you know...
1: Yeah, I, I put this to Gizzy last week, and there was kind of my point of view, which was, well, maybe Davey's doing the right thing here. He always, there's always a t- Davey's always a centre of attention. So we, we don't know a huge amount about these Clare players who are the All-Ireland champions. We always talk about Clare, mm. Davey Fitzgerald, and maybe that suits. Maybe it means the players can kind of fly under the radar somewhat, and he takes all the flack. Gizzy's attitude was, players aren't stupid.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think a couple of things about that. I think, first of all, well, one of them is that the Clare squad is a very young squad, so they're not necessarily they're not necessarily a bunch of guys with a huge amount of life experience, with a great story to tell, and necessarily a, like a great ability to tell that just yet. They're young people, young men, finding their way in life, so that narrative isn't necessarily there just yet. And the other thing is, I can't imagine that he's orchestrating uh, pretty much full-on row with... Peter O'Connell of the Clare champion in the tunnel after that game on the basis that well you know if I do that everyone's going to be talking about me yeah. and they're not going to be worried about the players I don't think that was in the master plan
0: I really
1: don't my favourite part of every Davey interview is you ask Davey a question and you know you're, you're always pretty hopeful that he's going to give you something interesting back mm. but he'll always start with look I don't want to get into that now really to be honest with you now. <laughs> but what I will tell you is this and look,
0: then he's box office I love talking to him as every interview I've ever done with Davy, I've remembered because he's given me something and it's and there's so only been two of them <laughs> there's been many over the years All the, going all the way Does back he ever to ring water in? for Did days don't think Davy and Polycom I would company. be uh, phone buddies but at the same time the interviews where you're speaking to managers and there have been a huge amount of them where you're just leaving it going well that was a complete waste of time don't know why I bothered what managers don't would the they manager be bothered. do you want to name some names there would be too Honestly, many to yes. name too many to name and you don't get that with Davy, and I think that's it's great do you know, he's not everyone's cup of tea, and many would have good reasons for that being the case, but he's great box office.
3: Here, the flip side of all this is that Davey's kind of been telling us all that. He told Dave, specifically, I'm not under pressure. I've an All-Ireland medal in my back pocket, yet everything he does suggests he's under immense pressure. Like, these sort of outbursts, and, like, it's rage against everyone, and it's everyone has a vendetta against Clare or against me. All things that suggest that he's a man under incredible pressure, despite having won the All-Ireland last year.
1: I have a theory that you're going to dispel, I imagine. Davy leaves Clare at the end of this season. Anthony Daly leaves Dublin. And they swap. And they do a little bit of a swap.
0: can't see Davy popping up in Dublin. No, no. I think he'd be
1: brilliant for Dublin hurling.
3: I think I I absolutely could see him pop up in, in Dublin hurling, I have to say. And it's maybe the sort of character... Like, Daly was obviously somebody who took Dublin from a place where they just never really believed. Like, the talent was kind of bubbling on through. And so the arrival of Daly has coincided with... That talent coming to fruition, and also somebody telling them, "You must believe in yourselves." And who better in the country than Daly to do that? Now, I would suggest that maybe, maybe there's somebody he, he shouldn't. He doesn't want to be the David Moyes necessarily to uh, you know to Daly's uh, <laughs> Ferguson. But um, well, it
0: would be the same for Daly, wouldn't it? Following an All Ireland yeah. winner. Now, Anthony's Daly's already managed Clare. He's brought them to an All Ireland final. And I think he, if or when he leaves Dublin, he'll need a break. He's been on the go at Dublin now for a long time. I know he'd be back in his home county, so travel etc. wouldn't be amazing. But he's issue. mad
1: for road. He's mad for road daily. <laughs> There's
0: only so many years you can be mad for road.
1: Uh, so we do have I really replay. hope a lot
3: of these people Don't listen to this <laughs> podcast well, I'd Because like like, whatever these interviews in, We are I, currently getting They'll be reduced significantly when, when I
1: come into this room I presume nobody ever hears
3: <laughs> <laughs> What we're talking I about I think that's in fairness yeah. I think that's an accurate assumption That's pretty decent
1: um, So we have a huge weekend On off the ball Starting with Wexford Against Clare uh, Dave <laughs> you're going to be down there Alongside sorry, sorry, sorry. and Sorry I,
3: no, I wasn't here for 11 minutes Oh sorry The coverage starts with You've actually covered something else Before this not, not really. really. <laughs> oh, what, what were you doing? Well, we we're talking about you in the, the main. Slating yeah. you
1: oh, in the main, yeah. That's uh, so that's a five o'clock throw-in. Um, as I said, Dave and Gizzy and Dahi are going to be down there. Uh, then I'm making the long trip up to Dave's homeland, up to Breffney Park. My first ever trip to Brefney Park for Cavan against Ross Common for
3: a treat. Sorry to keep backtracking here. Have we committed to who we think is going to win? No, no. Or... We're just, I'm just giving the oh, listener. Okay, I'm right. just promoing <laughs> the weekend. I'm really not with the picture here.
1: And then on Sunday we've got the Connacht football final, Mayo against Galway, McHale Park, with uh, two of the greats from either county. Yep. Dave and Colin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and ten Uh Yeah, ten
0: Connacht medals between them.
1: Yeah, that's a nice. What's that? Neil McHale nice seven, Michael, Michael
0: three. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was talking to. So that's knowledge right
1: that's
3: there. Good. He, may for... <laughs> he may have forgotten. Like, how the hell did he know that? <laughs> he may have forgotten. The, well, it was the fact that you jumped in and roared <laughs> it at everybody. Like, it was the ones that you're going to have today? I presume. Well, I'd say that's it was the more that. the fact you knew
0: Michael had three and the rest was just no uh, it was more on you, I Michael it that's what I would have been it. thinking okay. yeah yeah but I, was t- I texted Liam yesterday to confirm that he had seven text and, buddies and I said are you and he, well, he said yeah I have seven I said is that the most in Mayo in Mayo history I think Dermot Flanagan has eight he said so when looking for a, a piece on Dermot Flanagan found an article about his life it was one of those I think it was the independent where are they now pieces on Dermot Flanagan perfectly nicely set up for me he has seven as well ah. so if Mayo win on Sunday Alan Dillon will join those two
3: ah yeah, well-deserved, and I expect Mayo will win. And so, by the way, yeah. he's completely outstated you there as well. I know you teed him up, but he, I mean, he's just delivered there, McIntyre. I could have told you all
1: that. Well, <laughs> you could have done.
3: But he interrupted, rudely. <laughs>
1: right, so Wexford Clare. Uh, talking to some Wexford, pe- Wexford people, some Clare people around the office, they're not particularly confident. We're, we're going with the usual replay chat of, well, Clare is a better team, I'm not Wexford a- had their chance, but we've seen Clare twice now, and they've been
0: pretty poor yeah I be good. I'm not subscribed to that at all I can't come up with a really good reason as to why Wexford shouldn't think they can win tomorrow there is no good reason for them not to have belief that they can do it to Clare again because they missed their chance on two occasions last weekend. I mean, they missed their chance to win it in normal time. Then they came back having conceded a goal in extra time. I thought they were going to be completely written off then. I wrote them off. Expected Claire maybe just to cruise home, win by five or six in the end, as you so often see when the, the stronger side gets out of jail over the 70 minutes. That didn't happen either. And with the belief that Wex are going into extra time knowing that Clare, having spent the, about what it would have been about forty minutes, including injury time, a man down. Suddenly they're back up to the fifteen full quota, which is Ridiculous one of the stupidest rule. rules in world sport. I'd love you to put it. I'd love to put it to say someone in American sports and explain it to them and just see what their reaction was. But Wexford managed to get out of there with the draw, and I just think tomorrow, buoyed by what happened at Parnell Park on Wednesday night, there's no reason why they can't win it. Claire will come up with the same reasons, thinking there's no reason why we can't win. We are the all Ireland champions. We got out of jail. We've had two matches, or two and a half matches really now, to kind of iron out what are some pretty obvious and significant creases. And for that reason, both teams are just going to go at it absolutely hell for leather again, both thinking they can win. The whole replay cliché, and it is, I know why you brought it up, because so often it's true. When the underdog misses their day, they're not going to get another go at it. I don't think it stands up this time.
1: I wasn't watching the match last week because I was listening in here to your commentary and there was a period midway through the second half where Wexford had six wides Six consecutive wides. Yeah. Was, was this then panicking? No, there were a couple of clear points in this? between that. It was just extremely poor
0: shooting. And you know, and I think Dahi mentioned it in the commentary, the build-up play was excellent. They kept their heads throughout the manoeuvring of the ball and the distribution of the ball from their own half-back line into the shooting positions. And then they just seem to lose their heads then. And is
3: that a, is that a short passing game? Is that, I mean, because I t- obviously that's what Claire uh, kind of made. It was a real mix with, with Wexford. They, they did go from year. back
0: to front quickly at times last weekend. Mm. Other times, particularly when Claire were missing a man, Wexford actually just picked their way through the pitch, which was nice to see as well. Very similar to what Clare did yeah. last year and what Cork have done in
3: the past. And have Clare kind of abandoned, like, have you seen any of that in Clare this year? of oh, them it,
0: abandoning what they did well, last well, year well
3: not necessarily an abandonment but certainly an inability to execute the game in the same way you know like I don't know if that they've necessarily come up with a different game plan but they don't seem to be able to execute the game plan right. they had last clearly year clearly
0: not executing in the same
1: way or have teams just figured them out
3: Well, I don't know if that
0: is the case because if you think the way Clare played last year wasn't good enough for them to get through the Munster Championship. They were beaten in the first round of the Munster Championship last year or they were beaten by Cork in the Munster semi-final. And they were beaten again this time around with that same system. So you can put the two years together. I don't know if you can say, well, teams have figured them out. They're just not the oiled machine they were. A year ago, and that often comes with being all Ireland champions, wintering well, as they say. They did have a decent league, but the speed and the quickness of thought and the edge just isn't there at the moment. They've had two games to kind of find that again, but the fact that they abandoned the sweeper for the first twenty-five minutes last Saturday and then had to put Donal and Pat Donal back into that role when Wexford had already led twenty minutes in.
3: I remember Don saying twenty minutes in. And it's only now they've figured it out. And there's a load of those. There was a load of those things. Yeah. Because I'd taken a note of them inside, and I don't have the paper, piece of paper like Nathan to hand here. But I do plan to have it to hand uh, on Saturday to put put it to die. Because I'd taken a load of notes of a planned conversation I was going to have with them about these various bits that he had said. It was um, Wexford crowding the Clare players. There was a lack of aggression from Clare. There was this thing of from the tactical point of view of not bringing Pat Donlon back earlier, and. You know, like on the face of it, yes, the cliche probably applies that Clare have more room to improve here and Wexford are probably cl- playing close enough to their potential. But on the other side of that, there was a lot of things that were particularly concerning from a Clare point of view.
1: Are we gonna call this? Yeah.
3: I don't know who's gonna <laughs> win this game. <laughs> I, I have I to really say don't. I have to say I am I am leaning towards Claire because I do feel that if they can improve now. Look, there's a whole bunch of variables. A whole bunch of variables. It's like three times once during the week. There's, right, what if Wexford had gotten a few of those scores that have beaten Clare out the gate? I don't think, I think Clare will improve ultimately. I think there are a couple of games in now. These are the sort of games that perhaps will stand to them that we can look back in a few weeks' time when they've actually progressed through a few rounds at the back door and say, ah, well, here was the hinge and perhaps this is it. Um, and and I feel and I feel that they are the sort of team that can address all those things that come up fighting uh, on Saturday afternoon and I think they will I don't think there's going to be a huge amount in it I think the positivity for Wexford is massive I think the future for Wexford is brilliant a bit like Waterford in the same sort of mould uh, but I do think this weekend Clare
1: Yeah I, I, I just can't go against Clare I think there's enough brilliant players I want to see Tony Kelly back mm. and was, involved in the game He was
0: very good last weekend particularly in the second half when they really really needed him like it's have really hard to call um, I certainly wouldn't be putting a bet on this game if I was looking to get an accumulator going for the weekend I think I'm just going to go for Wexford because I agree with you Adrian that Clare can improve almost certainly will improve have to improve mm. otherwise they'll be beaten comfortably by Wexford but I think Wexford will improve as well they really? put I away I don't know. so much ball last week fair it enough was, in terms of the chances in they yeah, was
3: I mean they easily could have won the game by 10 points but you see they can't, they, that's the one area that they can improve on everything else they need to meet they need to match that with the level that they got with their They also went out of the
0: game for a good 20 minutes as well. And, and they're, they're going to be at Claire home. They're going to come back. They are going to be at home Wexford Park. I would imagine Wexer Park will be full. Tomorrow, it'll It'll be and full. on a summer's evening in Wexford Park as the sun starts to go down around six and seven, starts to edge. Shall I a few down. strawberries on the way down? I tell you, it's a spectacular place to be. It's going to be full tomorrow. <laughs> I just can't wait. I know we have to it's call the strawberry here.
3: Season, I was tempted it's always to use, strawberry season, isn't it? I was tempted to use. I was, when I was doing the promo during the week. Um, I was tempted to use that. Claire going to get another bite at the strawberry, but uh, listen, too easy. It's way too easy. But uh, needless said, Nathan delivers.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go with Wexford because I just was so impressed by them last weekend, and they've since won a Leinster title. And I think I'll stay with them.
3: All right. Uh, then
1: once that's finished... You're going for Claire. I'm going for Claire. yeah. Uh, we're going to switch our attention. Up to Breffning Park, Cavan against Ross Roscommon. Uh, Shane Kern will be alongside me, keeping a close eye on this one. I was at the Division 3 final, which was a very strange game because Cavan sort of decided, oh, well, let's change our tactics that have served us so well over the past couple of seasons. Let's become a little bit more attacking. And... It backfired. Common won the game, despite Cavan for long periods of Division 3 being by far and away mm. the best team. Then they go into the Championship are completely rattled by what Armagh do in the warm-up with Martin Dunn breaking his hand. And it's all in danger of unravelling very quickly. This could be one of the best games of the weekend, one of the tightest games of the weekend. And it's it, the margins are so small in Championship. I'm looking at Common under John Evans, someone who we like, and he's a very interesting character, and who... Clearly loves his football and has brought Roscommon on over the last couple of years. But if they lose this, they'll have played five championship games and beaten Leitrim. Yeah. And that's it.
0: It's a yeah. bigger game for Roscommon than it is Cavan, I think. I mean, who was who our commentary team up in Brefney Park for the Westmead? Matt Jushing was on comms, it was Woolley. Um, I can't remember who the other two were, but I, one of them said that it, has, it hasn't been a good year for Cavan. Uh,
3: Brian McGuigan. One of them
0: I'm th- not sure who it was, think? but they said it hasn't been a good year for Cavan, which is really a completely inaccurate comment because they've, after slaving away in Division 3 for about nine years, they finally got promoted this year. They won another Ulster Lame Under-21 McHale's title wonderful. and um, so they've actually had a decent season so far and now they've got a championship win under their belts and they're still at home. So I think it actually hasn't been a bad year for Cavan football. They certainly don't look like they're following up what they achieved at senior level last year. If they were beaten, it would be bad day for them. But the Ross Common, a defeat for Ross Common this weekend, after how well they put it up to Mayo in the Connacht semi-final, would be disastrous.
1: They should have beaten Mayo in the Connacht semi-final. Have, yeah.
3: Can we? Can somebody uh, next week think about making some sort of a st- uh, stat sting so that every time somebody's got a great stat, we can, you know, Alice Guy, sky because we've got Dave in the room, like a switch of some kind, give it the old <laughs> stat attack. <laughs> Where are you about to hit us with one uh, from the team who played Kerry and Calvin's final championship match last year? Only six. Of those, of that team started against Westmeath the last day, and that figure will still only be eight uh, come Sun- uh, Saturday evening, which is a massive turnaround for any like that's less than twelve months turnaround of over half the team for any team in the country to be able to cope with that. And I know you're talking about the style, and I think that absolutely applies. But I also think when you have such a massive turnaround and a, like the quality of the player as well that they've lost. Uh, over that time um, has been immense now there's another side to all that that there's a whole bunch of young players beginning to sort of bubble through as well with Cavan there's uh, Mickey Argue Niall McDermott Jack Brady um, Mickey Ling who scored three points against West Meath. so you know it's not as if there isn't this other layer coming through but well, Ling you know, has
0: been around for a long time he, we just, you just haven't heard of him because he's, had, he's torn both his hamstrings on numerous occasions yeah. over the last
1: well, 10 years well maybe not young
3: but certainly inexperienced this is his 10th now. year I think
1: I look at the Cavan team Compared to last year, and it's not just the quantity of players; it's the quality. All their all-star nominees, yeah.
0: None of them are starting. Well, Keating in, is back this weekend. is Keating back, yeah. But they're obviously but they're missing Martin Dunne. Killian yet. Clark
1: is gone. Um, he's just traveling away or something. Yeah, he? he's in the states. Um, Keen Mackey isn't hasn't been named in the starting fifteen. Yeah. But again, he's um, like, David Givney isn't in the starting fifteen. Uh,
3: Highland, Highland generally tends to start the team that he names, right? there might be one change there, yeah. all, there is usually one change what I mean, but it's, this isn't, he's, um, not, he's not one of yeah. these sort of guys who does a tactical no one. I don't
0: think if Mackie's not in the starting 15 here I don't think he will be playing but Mackie has, he's been struggling with injury all year and just hasn't been able to get a good run at it fitness wise you mentioned the league final and the Cavan were the meanest defence in all four divisions in the regular part of the league and they weren't beaten by Roscommon they beat Roscommon up in Brefney Park in the regular part and then that final was 117-18 to 18. Roscommon kicked 1-9 against Mayo this is going to be very low scoring very tight really cagey and this could easily be one of the games this weekend out of a number of games I think that could go to
3: extra time
1: So long evening ahead for me and Calvin <laughs> there goes
3: the third and fourth place playoff Yeah, the I, I don't know it's I think everything here points to Roscommon, to be honest. Again, if you want to bring the home advantage into it, that's possibly obviously something that goes. If it was in the hide, I'd definitely lean towards Roscommon here. I still am, but I just feel that uh, Calvin fell away so massively against Westmeath. A very, very ordinary side. um, And, you know, you imagine that if Roscommon could get their dander up in some way that Cavan do have that ability, ability to fall away they're, as you said Nathan they're maybe not 100% sure what sort of style they should be playing they've, the defensive thing has stood by them pretty well and perhaps it's something they should have stuck with they've kind of abandoned it a little bit uh, but I do feel that um, Roscommon do have the scoring prowess to put Cavan away so
1: if have won Roscommon won Cavan
0: Nathan, or Adrian said, "If it was at the high, to be going for Ross Common? I am going to go for Cavan because it's at Breffney Park."
1: Yeah, same here. I think Cavan maybe still. If they have those players on the bench to come on, if Givney and to come on, maybe that'll make the difference in the second half. So two Ross Commons, uh, not two Cavan's, one Ross Common uh, in that one. Also in the qualifiers, uh, Leash against Tipperary will fly through these ones. Four forty-five throw-in at O'More Park. Uh, Leash for someone who I thought. Could have a good run at the qualifiers and they're living up to that. Uh, talking to Mossy Quinn before the match last week that we keep mentioning the same three names every time Leash play. It's Munley, Kingston, O'Loughlin. And in the first half, it was a similar situation in the qualifier last week. But then he felt in the second half, actually, there were four or five more guys who finally stepped up to the plate. Mm-hmm. Ross Munley, I think, was kind of marked out of it. And perhaps now at home import Leash against a Tipperary side who are having a decent season but are probably just a level below Leash I would expect them to go on and win this game
0: Yeah I would too Tipperary have been brilliant I mean they should have beaten Cork absolutely no question and they hammered Longford no one predicted that I don't think they're going to have enough to take on a Leash side who are grinding out results a win here gets me to the final round of the qualifiers and they're the one team aside from the winners of the Toronto Armagh game that all of the beaten provincial finalists will dread meeting
1: Yeah and I was looking further down the line into this qualifier draw in the A and B section because the team that loses the Connacht final will play someone from the A side of the draw which is uh, which could be Leash which uh, yeah which could well be Leash uh, um, and so, Leash, so Cork, Cork Leash, Leash, could, play, Galway, for Leash example, could play Cork or could play Galway yeah.
3: whoever yeah um, I am confused yeah, just no, trust me on no. this the loser of but it also means Cork, Cork plays the loser of the Connacht final well, no, they're no, no, because they're
1: the loser of the Munster final,
3: and so then I put it together.
1: No, they're no. drawn against the four
0: beaten provincial finalists will take on the four teams ah. who fought their way through to round four of the qualifiers.
1: Um, I think
3: Sligor or Limerick is on that side. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. But
1: it also, but it also means, and this is completely uh, going off track. It also means that the losers of the Leinster and Ulster finals play the B team, which means you could have, you more than likely have, quite possibly Donegal or Monaghan against Tyrone or Armagh. Or Armagh, yeah. Uh, so that side is so 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 tough so there's
0: an opportunity for a leash to do some serious damage yeah. this summer they'll be tipped this weekend
1: um, and Tomaso Flaherty uh, is he's a pretty he takes no shit Darren Strong dropped him last week because he played, played in a club game same as he did with Colin Begley know, earlier yeah. in the summer but the
3: difference there was that he actually plays in leash is that right? He, yeah, yeah. It, but it
1: was a league match so presumably they weren't uh, supposed the to play what was
3: he doing playing a league
1: game? you're under a little bit of pressure from people in the club? Maybe he felt he wanted more
3: game time? Sorry, lads. Um, I might be involved for the county at the weekend, so, you know, just have sit this one out. Yeah, well,
1: yeah. I- again, it hints at problems within the camp, but the results say otherwise. So, are you-, are you on the leash bandwagon?
3: Yeah, I think they get a huge amount of belief from... Uh their their game plan and in some ways how close they ran Dublin and I think that can uh, the tailwind of that will carry them past Tipperary Uh,
1: First of the qualifiers Sligo against I'm going for Leash as well is Sligo against Limerick 4 o'clock throw in at Markovic Park Uh, Sligo went down to Wicklow came away with a win Uh, Pat Flanagan spoke to him last weekend he felt the reason they were so flat against Galway was that they had a ridiculous weight from the end of the league they were one of the last teams to enter the championship they had 11 weeks and that for whatever reason it was just too long and that is the reason that they were flat
0: I don't buy that at all like they had 11 weeks to Coil themselves ready to spring at Galway and just tear into them wire into them as Tommy would say and there was nothing from them for 70 minutes they offered nothing in terms of intensity bite, hunger, edge there was nothing there Dave
1: Thankfully, would have said that to him as well if he was interviewing him he definitely would would yeah. <laughs> have he would have
3: even opened with that yeah. well, straight look, between the, the
0: eyes say what you're thinking they'll go down to Ockham and they beat Wicklow I'm not going to call it Fortress Ockham because it's not it's clearly not um, and they have the Limerick back at home dispelling myths I know. <laughs> A Limerick side that struggled to beat London to be honest and I, in the first round of the qualifiers and then they was it Fermanagh they beat? Antrim Antrim they beat after that um, just because they were home they have to head up to Markovich Park it'll be Sligo to win this game
3: I, I love our new spirit of uh, cooperation Dave because I'm right behind you here I think Sligo all the way they, uh, Adrian Mar and David Kelly quite enough for Sligo in that win over uh, Wicklow last uh, weekend Kelly obviously just coming back from injury I think the two of them firing a little bit and it'll be close Sligo though the
0: way. I think it'll be close there will be only a point or two in it But it'll be the home side yeah. That does it yeah, Limerick, yeah.
3: Limerick, Limerick Look Limerick struggled Against Antrim for a large part I think they were behind By two points At half time If I'm not mistaken And I don't see a couple of points in they see Sligo winning Not necessarily very handily But five or six points
1: I'm going to go with Sligo As well Alright let's turn our attention To Sunday And the big game The Connacht Senior Football Final Doesn't get any bigger than this In provincial circles for me, for me. Uh, McHale Park, two o'clock throw-in. As you said, Dave, Woolley, Lee McHale, Michael Meehan down there. Uh, every week on the podcast, we get somebody from one of the camps on, somebody who's watched them all throughout the year to get an insight into their uh, tactics. We've already spoken about Mayo in the past with uh, Mike Finnerty. So uh, today we're joined by former Galway player, Jeremy Blake, who's co-commentator with Galway Bay and has been watching Galway throughout the summer. How's it going, Dermot?
2: Good now, Nathan. Yourself?
1: Not too bad. So... Galway last season was a a catastrophe in the Connacht sense, but that game against Sligo, they got the win. Dave was on commentary, felt it was just a very flat game in general. Has there been a huge improvement in this Galway side over the winter?
2: Well, um, I actually think there has, to be honest. Uh, it's a very young team, uh, Galway. have a lot of young players that have won All-Irelands now coming through, and they're, hopefully they're finally coming, coming of age. And that's the hope in Galway down here. And I suppose, you know, the, the big question down here that we all have is whether this young Galway team are coming of age or whether the Mayo team is in decline. And uh, we won't know that answer really until Sunday.
1: How did Galway set up tactically? We probably didn't see enough of them last season. Aside from the game against Cork at Crow Park against Mayo, nothing went right. But this season, is it a very direct style of play?
2: I, it, it's more it's more defensive. I think Galway over the last few years have conceded a lot of scores, and I think that um, you know they're, they're consciously trying to uh, keep the score down a bit more, but. It, on the forward led in with the likes of Shane Welch who, you know, who's been a revelation he, he, he's a serious talent you know, he, he'd remind you a lot of Michael Donnellan in, a, in, a, in the day, day but Galway has pace up front so Galway are trying to, uh, you know, soak, up to soak up the pressure in defence and then break, uh, get teams on the break and going forward with the likes of Shane Welch and Danny comes up front they can do damage so that's the way Galway are playing at the moment now whether they can do that against Mio is another story
3: uh, Dermot, just I kind of wonder. I was down in Castlebar a couple of weeks ago for the Mayo press night, and James Horan was talking about the idea that Galway have kind of aped in some ways the Mayo methodolo- methodology about going about the game. Particularly, he talked about the sort of three-man midfield, and Michael Meehan was actually talking about it at our outside broadcast in the G as well last night. And I just wonder if you could talk to us a bit about that. If that's something you see.
2: Yeah, well, well, before Paul Connery got injured, um, I suppose Galway have had two uh, young midfielders with Finton and and Tom Flynn, and they're they're playing very well there, so we have Paul Connery as well, and I think Alan, at the start of the year, Alan Mulholland decided to bring Paul Connery, play Paul Connery full forward and bring him out to midfield, And and Galway played with three men across the middle, and it was working quite well. But uh, in the meantime, then Paul got injured and they put Eddie Hoare into that, in, into that position that he was coming out the field. So that worked as well against Sligo when Paul Connery was injured. Now Paul Connery is back and he's playing so it's just it'll be interesting to see what Galway do with the three will Will they bring Paul Connery out as well or will they leave him inside that's the big question here now that we all want to, want to find out where would Paul Connery play because it's it's likely this time last year he played in the two man full forward line with Danny Cummins and signed against Mayo now, now it didn't work but when Paul came out the field um, later on in the championship he got an All-Star nomination and was, was outstanding for Galway so yes. you know Eddie Hoare himself are pretty similar players so it'll be interesting to see Galway could end up Bring in the two of them outside, and you could see Shane Welsh going inside with Danny Cummins as a two man full forward line. And I think that Galway will, will have learned from Roscommon in how Roscommon played. Roscommon stopped their Mayo's main uh, attacking platform, which is their half back line. They, they played four across the their half forward line. It nullified Lee Keegan and, and Donald Wallen going forward, and it really. Uh, Harkney all at attacking options, so I think the Galway will have their homework done on that, and and it's something that the that the likes of Paul Connery and um, Eddie Hoare will be trying to do,
0: Dermot the Conor Provincial Final it seems to be a throwback to the pre-qualifier days and you might agree or cor- correct me on this but looking at the fourth qualifier round the beaten Connacht pr- Provincial Finalists have a deplorable record in terms of getting to the All-Ireland quarterfinals only Galway in 2001 and Mayo in 2004 I think it is I could have the year wrong have actually got through that final round of the qualifier having lost the Provincial Final and made it into the All-Ireland Series As, it, can you factor that into the fact that when you're at a Connacht Final day it has all the hallmarks of something from the 80s or the 90s. When the stadium is full, the colour is the same as it always was and the presence of the back door doesn't seem to have the same feeling of a parachute as it does in other provinces.
2: Yeah, for sure. But uh, I I remember, uh, I think though that the big problem up until the last few years, I don't know when the rule has changed, but um, you only had a six-day turnaround. I remember mm. we played in, in a few kind of finals and you had a six-day turnaround. So but you were licking your wounds on the Monday and Tuesday. You know, you might, you might train on the Wednesday or Thursday and you're playing on the Saturday. And it, the, you're nearly half-time before you realise that you're in a game. And then, the, you know, a lot of the time the, the game is gone. So that was the big disadvantage of the But, uh, you know, the, the kind of final it does, it was one game that I uh, relished playing in myself. Um, just a brilliant atmosphere, especially done McAleer Park, and it's very—you know—you build your whole uh, season up like you're, you're waiting in October, November for the draw. And if the draw comes, that goal we may all meet in the final. That's, that's what you're planning your whole year on for, and you're training for that day. So you're building yourself up so high, it, you know, it, it does take a lot, uh, to pick yourself up from the back door and you, you really need a kind of an, an easy game to get you back into the groove of things before you can actually, uh, you know, go on and maybe contest for the Alarn series. And, you know, go on with this year, you know, have, have a relatively, I suppose they have the easier side of the draw or Mayo, whoever lose the, um, the provincial final, so and they have a two-week break. So you know, who knows what could happen this year? But you know, as, going back to your point, definitely, uh, it, you know, it was tough. But I think the six-day turnaround was the main problem for us.
1: Jeremy, uh, great talking to you. Enjoy the match on Sunday. Great, thanks. Uh, it was
0: 2005 now that I think of it that Mayo oh. got to an All-On-Quarter-Final Let yourself down every time
1: well, The problem there is was if was we were going with the little whoosh, <laughs> whoosh. and then he gets it wrong yeah. we well, need There's a, a lot
0: of stats uh-uh. swooshing around my mind at the moment I spent my, most of yesterday staring at them I think 2004 was Dylan's Sorry he's first the only one who does any work around here <laughs> It <In fairness, laughs> was Dylan's first Connacht, f- Connacht medal and they got to the All-On-Quarter-Final in 2005 we were beaten pretty handily by Kerry in the end but um the record of the beaten kind of finalists is absolutely dreadful. Which is why I think Galway need to win at Sunday because for example we've already mentioned they could run into Leash and I couldn't see them win that game.
1: Uh, this is going to be a real battle around the middle. Mayo have brought Barry Moore back into the side. He's had a lot of problems with injuries over the last year or so. A little bit longer. Hasn't been able to get his way back in. He's an all-star nominee from 2012 alongside Seamus O'Shea which means Aidan O'Shea is named at centre forward. O'Shea's going to drop back we're listening to Jeremy there saying that both Eddie Hoare and Paul Conroy could drop back as well and help out the midfield. It's going to be
3: very crowded in there by the sounds of things. It's going to be a real uh, one for the tactical uh, those that are mad into their tactics I think it yeah. uh, I think, you know, between and, you know, the, actually the, I was looking at it it's, this isn't quite qualified for a stat attack but it's 2009 since the last time the two of these played in a Connacht final. Mm-hmm. And, like We tend to spend a lot of time wondering about what's going on with Galway Hurling and, all oh, it's crisis and like, what the hell is going on with Go with football?
1: Well, I'm going to go with the... Uh, uh, make a statement and once again hope that that many people might be listening. Go is not a s- great sporting town. I lived there for... I worked in Go him Sport for four years. It's a, well, it's a cultural yeah, town. Well, no, you're, you're
3: right. In fairness, it's, it's not a great sporting town. You know, it's only got the sports ground, Tyland Park, the um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> every, Salt every, Hill, Pierce yeah, Stadium.
0: cathedrals of Irish sport. Yeah, yeah.
3: But...
1: Pierce Stadium is not the home of Galway football. Toome is the home yeah, of Galway football. Grey they Hound cannot track, get it. The, ra- the races. Wow, there's a greyhound track in Harold's Cross. Like It Looking. doesn't make it. Gal- Harold's Cross Bridge. isn't one of the great sporting...
0: <laughs> they won the All-Ireland Football final replay against Kerry and gets Meath in... Uh, so that didn't go to replay. In 2001, the All-Ireland final beat Meath. Haven't won in Croke Park since. Now, that's 13 years ago. That's incredible to think of a side that reached three All-Irelands in four years. Haven't been able to win there since. Now, they came out in a whisker beating Cork. But look, they just are, have struggled. Despite the fact that they've had this conveyor belt of underage talent, they've just really struggled. Maybe it's starting to come along again. I would say, as a word of warning, and it was mentioned at the G Hotel last night um, and at the OB, that the Mayo goalkeeper um, will not be kicking the ball down the throat of Fjuntana Corrine, Tom Flynn and Paul Conroy on Sunday. Like the Sligo keeper just kept doing the entire 70 minutes at Markovich Park, despite the fact that Galway won 27 kickouts. <laughs> in that game I can't imagine that's ever been better than a Connacht football match it won't happen on Sunday Go, we're going to have to find another way to win this match and to get primary possession
1: I'm wondering if it is very crowded in the middle and if all these guys are in there does that play into Mayo's hands because Dermot said how what was commented very well is they they stopped that Mayo half forward line of Keegan, Boyle and Vaughan they didn't score which rarely happens that none of those three managed to get mm. in the scoreboard mm. they usually chip in with quite a substantial Two amount oysters. but that if they're all crowded in the middle there might be a lot of space up the wings for Vaughan, for Keegan, for Boyle
3: to expose. Yeah, yeah. look,
0: we have we have McHale and Mehan there, and we'll be keeping L- 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 a very close eye in the first ten minutes just to see who's standing up where the, and what sort the, of way the kick are going.
3: The two of them were very, very critical of both the Mayo half-back line and half-forward line in that Roscommon match. They, Liam spoke about um, Mayo being complacent, jaded, flat heavy in the legs and underestimated Roscommon. Common. Like so it's funny because we were kind of using some similar uh words to describe how clear we we're going a little early in the conversation. Now now they're all very worrying words to use. I don't know that uh you know Perhaps maybe I don't know if Liam was overstating the thing, but certainly well, they, they were extreme. I, I was
0: commentating on that game; they were terribly flat. They
3: Mayo can't, can't win
1: though in Connacht at the moment. I think last year they got criticised because it was so too they, easy. So the year before, I remember they were terrible against Sligo mm. in the Connacht final, and it was oh, they're flat. You know, they haven't turned it on. You can't just can't just expect to turn up in Crow
3: Park in August and it'll happen. So, and it did. So, so what? The point is that they just they're not worried about Connacht. <laughs>
1: No, I don't think they're not worried. I don't think they played particularly well against Common. I think their base level is still far they, above and they keep everybody else.
0: Like If you remember the Connacht final against London, Mayo, worked, Mayo got far too much credit for the score that they actually put up in the end. Hmm. They were awful.
3: Well, James yeah, Horne said exactly that dreadful. afterwards. He was very critical. I remember the conversation he had with Willie on the pitch yeah. afterwards. He was very and then critical. they rock up
0: and absolutely shoot the lights out against Donegal. So, look, they just need to win the games. It doesn't really matter if they win by a point or more.
1: Mayo, they need to be at 100% if they're at 95-90% they just kick a lot of wides but the bigger the game in general aside from all Ireland finals the bigger the game the bigger the opponent the better they tend mm. to play
3: I wonder about I wonder about Mayo's attitude to the Connacht final uh, to Connacht at the minute which is kind of what I was trying to get at there a minute ago I- I feel that Mayo are much more worried about this game as a more direct route to the Ireland final than they are about anything to do with Connacht. Well, sure, but it's
0: not the same in any province, really.
3: Well, no. I mean, Kerry, no. Kerry will be. No, it applies to Dublin. they are looking at this last weekend because it
0: gives them a direct route to the quarterfinals,
3: and because everybody written them off, and for them to actually win Munster on that basis was something to do. Whereas with Mayo, it's just become this is what we do. It's like Dublin. This is what we do. We win Connacht finals. Well, and there's it's, an element of any...
0: the Galway throws as well. And... Yeah. tradition and it, it being at home and I just I don't think they'll lack in intensity you just hope go we can up a big performance and make it close
1: yeah Andy and uh, Alan Dillon are back in as well so there's plenty of experience in that Mayo Alan
0: Dillon's 50th championship appearance I mean his service to Mayo is astonishing it's up there Seven, with me Seven All-Ireland finals, he's really? lost them all. Yeah, well
3: just, just, you know, there been a man
0: with more heartache than, a, than any other
3: player in the country? Like, seven Nathan. All-Ireland. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry, Alan Dillon, right? And seven defeats. Yeah, that was, you, that was how you, you chatted to him. That was your opening opening line, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? You, no, no, I'm saying
1: this should be his opening ah, line. No, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: That's a little too heartless. Um, yeah, it is interesting because even I know the two lads were talking about that idea last night about... Uh, Michael Meehan was saying that he was pleased that the old stagers were starting because so you know at some point we're, if the game's in the mix and James Horne turns to his bench he doesn't have these two iconic yeah. figures to pluck from I'm not necessarily sure I buy that I have to say but uh, we shall see we shall see I think Mayo will win yeah, it's hard to back Galway going into McHale Park for that reason and going Mayo only a fool will back all so I'm going for... Go- <laughs> uh,
1: as we said, that's live on Off The Ball on Sunday. There's also some uh, qualifiers uh, on Sunday in the football championship before we get to some monster hurling chat. Uh, Carlo against Clare, two Division 4 sides, so uh, a good, good draw for both of them. It is. What a chance to get into
0: the next round for both of these counties. Um, Carlo did well to come back against Waterford and beat them. Clare were impressive in spells, fits and starts against Kerry it's a very hard one to call
1: I think I presume I'm Podge Collins is going to play or will he if Clare win on Saturday does Podge it's not more play like on Sunday play for the
3: footballers than he would have been for the hurlers if it was the other way around is what you're saying if,
1: Cl- if the hurlers lose on Saturday Podge Collins plays for the footballers on Sunday if they win on Saturday I'd imagine maybe he doesn't play for the footballers on Sunday I don't know I've just confused you haven't I I,
3: um, I wouldn't say
0: it affects I wouldn't say does well. Podge Collins not to spend it for Saturday for tomorrow
1: been sent off.
0: For being sent off against uh, Wexford. So maybe the way has been cleared for him regardless.
3: I'm going to go Carlo. Okay. I've really done our research on this, I'm going to go That's Claire. Um, by the way, Claire could have landed down Kildare or Tyrone in this game. So I would suggest that. The Carlo. Look of the draw, is probably the best thing they could have got out of it. And I do expect them to win. Uh, all right. Uh, down against Kildare. This, again, could
1: be one of those qualifiers that goes to extra time. How did Kildare bounce back from their defeat to Meath? It was one of the most disappointing performances out of any county that we've seen so Mm. far this summer. We all thought that Kildare initially at star season we thought oh maybe there'll be a little bit of transition under Jason Ryan. They come out first day out were exceptional against Louth and then they were so naive. You're just watching them in the first half against Meath going oh my god imagine if this was Dublin.
0: I know Dublin would have just massacred them. They really would have, and the naivety that was shown was just beyond me. Jason Ryan, a really good manager and a man of huge amount of time for I think everybody does. Everyone thinks that Jason has been one of the really nice guys, but a real shrewd fellow as well. He did, the Kildare management team did nothing to stem the Meath flow, particularly at the start of the second half. And it's going to be tough for them to go to Newry, to be honest. Like Down, or you don't know what you're going to get from Down. Two teams similar in that regard. Like you really don't know what you're going to get. Down had some great moments in both games against her own by and large really poor for both of those games as well It's a very hard one to call this one again you're maybe looking at home advantage can Clare bounce back I really don't
3: know
1: yeah and Down have that easy enough win o- over Leitrim so yeah. there's a bit of confidence back
3: yeah look I agree with a lot of that the I remember having a conversation with Mossy Quinn after the Louth game. We'd all kind of underestimated him and I'd said to him, is it just a case that actually Kildare are better than we'd given them credit for at uh, this stage? That they've actually developed a little bit from where they were 12 months ago and he was kind of in agreement at that point that they were, uh, spoke about their um, impressive option taking at that point, but obviously they have regressed somewhat since that uh, and I do expect Down to be too good for them. Yeah, uh, Down as well.
0: I am going to go with Kildare.
3: You madman. Just to uh, why pitch. are
0: you doing that? Well, because you both are down and we've both gone all three of us have gone for the exact same teams no we haven't
3: I've differed from you two. Oh, there Shucks. was a difference
0: in Common and Cavan yeah. I think that was about it I went with the same as you I think in that day
1: Tyrone against Armagh 3 o'clock Healy Park in Oma I'm just hoping they get stuck into each other I think it'll be Tyrone yeah. to
0: be honest I think Armagh might have run out of road here they're really tired in the last 15 minutes against Monaghan
3: no longer mad for road Armagh That. They might be mad for it, but I think they've run out of it. The uh, big news here, lads, is that if anybody's a regular listener to the Friday Struck Thursday GEA podcast, Struck, talking a lot of B-O-L-L-O-C-T-S. Adrian, I know what you're going to
1: say. Adrian, during the Premier League season, during the Premier League podcast, has you know this strange love affair with certain players and certain managers. strange about it. And he has carried that on to the
3: GEA podcast. Go on. What are you going to say? Kyle Coney's back in the Toronto team. In the half-back line? Yeah. No, in the half-forward line, Half centre-forward, forward. Forward. Yeah, number 11 yeah. he's going to start. No, I mean, look, that's again where he's been named or whatever, and we shall see how that pans out. Although Mickie Hart is certainly one of those managers who names his team, and they are the team that generally takes the pitch. But it'll be ex- uh, interesting to see how he gets on. I was uh, uber excited about how Col Coney was going to burst onto the scene this year. A guy of, I think, 24 years, who has taken until now, uh, this season, to make his full Championship debut for Tyrone, and has really uh, not lived up to the hype that we'd expected of him uh, up to now in fact to such a point that he was dropped from the team I had thought the squad uh, for the the last weekend Um, and yeah he he was in the squad and I think did eventually commit maybe we should unite you at some stage over the course of the summer (laughs) Adrian and Kyle
0: Armagh still have that band, mm. media ban at plays Paul Grimley is making a holy show of himself at this stage and I just don't understand it he dropped Aaron Kernan, didn't play him last weekend yeah, no one could understand why that what happened what is that about? Gary Bile? McCooley no, 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 has no, no, quit no, no, the panel no, 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 during no, no, the week no, no.
1: back up I put this to Billy Joe Padden I um, said Aaron Kernan, this is a big shock he's not playing and Billy Joe said well actually he hasn't been playing very well
0: it's, he's still one of the best players in Armagh
3: one of the best players in the country well, I wouldn't say that anymore. The
1: greatest well, player we have ever seen. Well,
3: you certainly could you certainly make an argument from being one of the best. Like, if he's in the conversation about being. One, one of the best players. In, be in his no. position. In his position. Uh, he's like, no, he wouldn't not get anymore. In the Mayo half back line. He wouldn't get into the Mayo or Dublin half back yeah, line but, for that matter. The Mayo have two All Stars in their half back line, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, into you're, into you're talking Dunygal about the team that have the most. Like, wouldn't get the Donegal half back line? He's a good player.
0: He is a good player. I'm trying to make that point. He's certainly not one of the best players in the country. He was. Five years ago, Arm was one oh, of the best. But not anymore. But he's best. He's one of the best players in Armad. There's no it question. Is one,
1: it, it is quite incredible how on this podcast we can all agree on something, yet still <laughs> just spend 20 minutes rowing about how in agreement we are.
3: So what we're saying is we all agreed on my point about Sky a couple of weeks ago.
0: Certainly not. No, that no. Was, uh, I think Toronto will win, and I hope over. they do, to be honest. I've kind of had enough of
3: Armad at this stage. <laughs> While you're, going to, while you're going up to... to uh, I love the way he just gets to a point in the conversation where he just goes, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to be honest. When, when you're driving up,
1: up. to O'Mah, to spend your romantic spa break uh, with Kyle Coney, will you drop him off in... <laughs> right in Cross McGlen? right in the middle of Cross McGlenn and uh, let them loose.
0: They, I, I, just, I felt that our come on, leaps and bounds, having beaten Cavan...
3: Brilliant against modern. I love, by game. the way, that your, your idea, idea that you've just forgotten about our man. To, They
0: won't talk to it's the sad, media,
3: but I love the way you've had enough for man Solely based on the fact that they're not talking to the media. It is
0: almost solely based on that I know because that. I just I, when we talked about the game against modern, we talked about how well they come back on the field and how far they'd gone back off the field, and yet they still won't really speak to the media. you're talking really about matter. Davey how it's great having David because he'll give you a quote. You can't even speak to these lads.
3: But here, how do, like, do people really even. Like, we're, we obviously you know, I care, I care about care it. I know you're journalists. Do. I know you're listeners. listeners listen, but, our, our, I mean, do people our, really. I
1: do you give a shit? Yeah.
3: Do they? Yeah. No, I sure mean, they don't but they, I mean, I do though <laughs> I really, I don't know what was it? I've just I've had, had enough of them. He's I'll had enough them
1: because I've had enough of them Are we all, are we all uh, expecting Toronto
3: to win this game? I am anyway, yeah Yeah, I don't know it's funny like that bunch of Toronto players and uh, PJ Quinn the cornerback was talking this week about the soul-searching that uh, Toronto Duds done since uh, being beaten by Monaghan in Ulster and like it's almost the constant narrative with Toronto this idea of soul-searching Now, for various like Reasons that have that are far greater than football have nothing to do with football. The amount of grief, um, as a, as a whole, the panel have had to go through at various times. Um, so, but they've had to go back to the well on uh, a lot of occasions. And I just wonder, like, there's still a lot of players there. Uh, Conor Gormley, Justin McMahon, Martin Penrose, Sean Cavanagh, Steve O'Neill, who've been there through all you know the last seven, eight, nine years. A lot of these players. And you, I would question how many times you can, how many times can you soul search. Do you know what I mean for this sort of this for this bunch. Having said all that,
1: maybe you don't need that much soul searching to beat Armagh. Uh,
3: well, I would think there's, I would think, I would think there is some soul searching to be done to beat Armagh. Do think they will get the job done? All right,
1: uh, then there is a final game of the weekend. Small little matter of the Munster Senior mm-hmm. Hurling Final, Cork against Limerick. Rapida last year. We'll have full coverage of this game. Yes, we will
0: we will have live coverage of this game on Sunday we'll also have live coverage of the Connacht Football Final
1: yeah Uh, Jamesy O'Connor Dahi Regan will be keeping us up to date with absolutely everything Uh, last year's Munster Hurling Final at the Gaelic Grounds was one of the highlights of my summer Uh, watching Limerick Uh, both of these sides I I just think are underestimated that maybe we we don't see enough of them and Um. I've already we're on record I think Corker the best team in the country I think they're going to win the All-Ireland but I just feel in a Munster hurling final
3: I wouldn't be surprised if Limerick went and beat them again you're one of these people Nathan that Limerick have been given out about over the last little while who says that nobody gives us credit for winning that Munster we uh, people just you know the thought is oh, was no, it was a fluke that's pretty much well, I'm just reading between the lines no, no, no. They, kind of they were
1: people within Limerick who were saying it which is what because I spoke to Shane Dowling after they won their semi-final which is another little rant in the waiting of that semi-final Seems like a lifetime ago. No. It's six weeks ago. Mm. Why did it have to be played
3: six weeks ago?
0: Well, there was no reason, really. I guess because the loser had to go into a qualifier system and games had to be played in that part of the world. Cork
3: Cork has played three games, Limerick have played one. Surely that gives them a massive advantage as well.
0: I would think so. I would think so. You no, know, I mean, obviously,
3: in, one of them is a replay. And it wasn't necessarily the schedule. Sorry, Def.
0: And Cork will feel they owe Limerick one. The whole Pat Horgan situation, they will be desperate to not only beat Limerick, but actually pummel them into the ground this Sunday. It's the final game ever at Parker Kiev before it's redeveloped and the bulldozers move in. And we were saying that last week, but that was football. This actually is the last game. And um, I just think Cork have so much about them. They're a better team than they were last year. And this is the same team that came with it to Puck of the Ball and win the All Ireland. And Limerick will struggle down there. I think.
1: What about. Aidan Walsh and Damien Cahillan who played I for the footballers last week had a nightmare are going into this game with their confidence shook and maybe that slightly changes Aiden Walsh has been outstanding so far for the hurlers well you could say they're back in a
0: camp now that's full of confidence and that's the best place but to be Maybe they're bringing the rest of the camp down is what I'm saying.
3: <laughs> Cahalan actually went into the reach. dressing room after the football mm. the last day. I don't know exactly what happened but he ended up cutting his foot yeah, a getting a gash- infection in it on his foot. Uh, and was a doubt but I believe he I don't, I So he's been, been named. named. He has been named.
0: The Hurlers were dreadful last Sunday but the other 12 the players that started as well were equally as oh, dreadful. Sorry, yeah.
3: yeah it was remarkable Hayden Walsh just
1: always seems to have a nightmare in the Munster football final for some reason yeah he was He was there was one stage where the ball was night. kicked up in the air and he's going and it's the most routine catch
0: yeah. for a
3: footballer especially he's, he's, a footballer it, of Aidan Walsh, quality and it just goes straight through he his comes fingers comes off
0: his knee and it looks clumsy and it, he looks tired and fatigued yeah, and but if he hadn't
3: been playing for the hurlers he, that would have happened he would have said oh that wasn't great and he would have moved on and forgotten about
0: yeah it. The, the spotlight is on the three lads because of the whole dual um, player thing but look I'll be going with Cork this weekend I think Limerick have already proven that they could follow up what they achieved last year by getting to another Munster final, guaranteed a place in the All Ireland quarter final. And if they get to the All Ireland series, which no, they obviously will, I think Limerick could do real damage because they let themselves down in the semi final against Clare last year off the high. That was winning their first championship in was it 16 years since 96 anyway mm. um, 17 years So, but I don't think they have enough to beat Cork this Sunday I think Cork are my current All-Ireland favourites and I wouldn't see any reason to edge away from that now
3: um, Both teams arrived into the game last year on the back of one game each and I do feel that albeit one of them as I mentioned was that replay against Waterford I just think that's We've, it's, it's a conversation we've had many times on the podcast before. Sometimes it's proven to be right, sometimes it's proven to be wrong. Uh, but I do feel that it's a massive advantage uh, for Cork this week, uh, this weekend. Also, John Allen, I was reading some of his quotes after the final last year, and he said that the, the element of surprise was the big thing, actually, that saw Limerick over the line that day, and obviously that's gone. It's being replaced by an element of revenge from Cork and an element of it being the fi- very final game of Porky Cueve. All of which uh, stacks in in Cork. Silver. Having said that, Limerick were probably in no way really expected to beat Tipperary the last day and didn't have a good record in Thurles. I managed to do it. It wasn't that.
1: a great. I was down at it. It wasn't a great performance from Limerick until the last five minutes, and they just blitzed them at the end.
3: Yeah, it scored so. one two or something. With there were a couple of points, there were three points down. and scored one two with in three from basically a go minute go or, to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the, by the way, just on that idea of Porky Quee, Karen Shannon wrote a nice piece in the Examiner this week. I would recommend. Checking it out, I tweeted it during the week. The so. great moments of yeah, well, it's a lot to do with it's just his memories of Adrian Barry or something like at that. Who's Adrian Barry, yeah, yeah. Um, the guy who's got at Adrian Barry is some dude who lives in New York with his cat and is very doesn't tweet very much, but is unwilling to give up his uh, Twitter handle. Um, anyway, that's by the by uh, Kieran has wrote a very ni- uh, written a very nice piece about uh, tribute to Porky queeve uh, in the Examiner Memories of the Ground. He talks about the games, the players, the concerts, the strikes. And in many ways, the ground being a mirror of those who run Cork GEA—a shambles. <laughs> <laughs> you will get no reply from me. Um, I presume Frank Murphy is one of our most ardent podcast. Well, you're the one who said
1: they're knocking down the stadium for a reason, and you've just
3: said. I said Kieran Shannon wrote a piece in the Examiner this week.
1: Well, you've just but you've just said it on air, so it's now your you're agreeing well, with it's it clearly we don't have a little disclaimer to start together. saying anything we say here
3: may not actually well, I haven't said anything I've just said that Kieran Shannon Ar- has written this article in the Examiner this week you
1: yeah. know uh, Dave is just given up. He's busy texting for the last <laughs> twenty minutes.
0: I'm doing a Dee, Dee Haman on it here now uh,
1: uh Right, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, you've convinced me. I've already go told for Cork you I think well. Cork
0: will win. I've nothing further to add. Well, maybe,
1: I was thinking maybe we should have a and like all great GA committees. We should have like an, any other business that goes on for three hours at the end, which is where Adrian's little rant from well, the last yeah. one. I'll
3: pull you up there straight away. If it was GA, it'd be a committee. I oh, think you find.
1: Yeah, uh, that is. Are That's it for me. Um,
3: sorry, lads. Like I mean, look, I I have to say this. Every week we come in here, we bash through a bunch of games, and invariably there's a game left out because it's not necessarily a game that you two glamour boys. Wait, wait. Are, are I know really what it is. In. I
1: know what it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, temporary awfully. <laughs>
3: is it? No. It's that not a for, that a nice? There's, there's yeah. a provincial hurling final this weekend that neither of you two down. have bothered your hoops well, to mention. you never
1: bothered to mention Tipperary Offaly.
3: Well, I was it's coming Saturday to that. Saturday evening. I was coming to that. It's not a provincial. This is a provincial hurling final, no one beg. Derry against Antrim. Uh, and uh, neither of us. None of us have, um, you know. <laughs> do you mind to steer on exactly <laughs> how. I think we can figure out it's going to go, but, uh, you know. Uh, my money's on Derry. <laughs>
1: really <laughs> and from uh, you know sure. remember all those All-Ireland semi-finals they used to reach all the time they're yeah. clearly a great hurling I don't
0: think Ulkin McFetteridge still plays with them though
1: uh, but Tipperary Offaly is again Tipperary going to win this
0: they will win it and I look you can only imagine how much that win over Goal will have brought them on but they're a different team they're back team they, now. They, I think they're they're a different team they're,
1: a, they're all Ireland contenders now
0: well they're, look they're going to win a Saturday night they're into the last eight no, no one is going to they'll be playing either Dublin or the losers of Cork and Limerick likely to be Limerick and Dublin you do not want to be facing Tip
3: All Ireland contenders on the back of beating a Galway team that nobody's 100% sure what they're up to I think lads you're after taking a couple No I just think Tipperary they have the
1: potential and there was so much pressure on
3: them because they hadn't won
1: they'd gone so long without a championship win they just needed one
3: match one turning point I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Um I, it was great that the one and it was great for Eamon O'Shea because he potentially was about to bow out of intercounty management without winning a single game. Uh, we well, said that, and Tiberi. then Anthony Cunningham looks like he's hanging about. Yeah. Um, well he's certainly keen to hang about. We don't know yet uh if God were keen for him to hang about. Um but anyway, yeah, look I do not I don't, I'd, look it'd be, it'd be great to see Treberry being competitive again. I'm not hundred per cent sure. I'd like we'll have to see them uh again before we make up any sort of great grand predictions about
1: them Alright are we done? I am Alright we will talk to you over the weekend as we said live coverage of Wexford against Clare Bumper program Cavan against Ross Common
3: 2 o'clock to 8 2 o'clock to 8 I'll be in studio
1: Well I'm going to be home from Cavan very early because apparently it's only going to take me about half an hour to drive up the motorway according to Adrian Barry who's never left the confines of Dublin (coughs) in the past 5 years Not quite
0: half an hour but it is a very easy drive
3: I just can't win it's a oh, very easy stick drive. stick-fripping from the country or stick-fripping. Just make
0: sure you head out the Lavie Road. You wouldn't want me heading out by Valladolid from Kittleman. Thanks
3: that, All right, talk, good, talk to you next
1: week. It, okay. might good, it might sound a little something, but damn the game, if it don't mean nothing. What is game? Who got game? Where's the game? And like, behind the game, behind the game. I got game, she got game, we got game, we got game they got game, he got game. It might feel good, and my sound a little something, but the game, if it ain't saying nothing. Oh, We got game, we got game, they got game